How's everyone doing? Good. Well, um, my name's Tyler. For those of you who don't uh, know me, and so um, I'm thankful to be with you guys this morning. And so John and his family, um, his kids, and his wife, Nicole, they'll be in California for another two weeks. And so um, y'all can continue to pray for them um, as they continue in school. The kids and John and Nicole takes care of all of them. And so um, we miss them, and we're blessed by them. We love you guys, and um, we want to be people who pray for our leaders constantly because we're blessed by them, and we need them. And so um, let's all do that. And so, yeah, I just wanted to share a little bit about me and my life because I know a lot of you guys don't know me. And so, like I said, Tyler, um, my wife, Sarah, we got married in 2016. We have two young boys, Carson and Jacob. And, um, yeah, our, life, our lives were changed by this family and by this church. And so um, I, I started coming to Antioch in 2012 when they first started coming off the ground. And, um, like I said, I was living for myself. I was in the world. I was just trying to be a good person. Um, but at that first life group um, that I was invited to, someone just shared the gospel with me, and my heart was opened. My eyes were opened. I probably had heard it before, but God in that moment did something. Um, showed me my sin. Um, he showed me my weakness. He showed me that there was hope in the gospel. There's hope in his death and resurrection, and there was nothing I could do to earn it. Um, and it was through his family, through the family of God, walking in discipleship, walking alongside one another um, that I'm here today. And so I'm thankful for his grace, his mercy, um, the people that he surrounded me with. I really do. I mean it. I love this church. I love you guys. Um, and I'm thankful just to walk alongside you guys um, through this. And so, yeah, as Eric was sharing last week, um, I, was, I was just overwhelmed just thankful for this church and thankful for this family and the people who fight for, for me, just encouraged for the people who fight for you. Um, but I was also thinking about how easy it can be to hide um, and how easy it can feel like, man, this is all in. And sometimes I maybe want to give up and run. And so um, you may feel like that one day. And my encouragement to you is just to, uh, to remember God's grace, to remember that he's brought you here um, out of his de- design and his will. And he wants you to succeed. And he wants you to, to look to him and trust to him and trust his family. Um, but I just want to share a little personally, like a little... Early on into my walk, um, after that life group, after God opened up my heart, I started walking in discipleship with John and Hunter, um, and it was really challenging, and it pricked my pride, and there was a lot of areas where I wanted to run and I wanted to hide, um, and I started taking my eyes off of Jesus and looking at those around me, and I started to see hunger in other people, and I, I didn't see it in myself. I didn't feel it in myself, um, and one story in particular I wanted to share is just um, John, I'd, I'd asked, I was like, hey, man, can we, can we meet up? I, I just want to talk to you about things. I was really thinking about, like, man, I, I might actually leave this church because it's too challenging, it's too hard. Um, and God was doing something in me, and he had me there for a particular reason. So I met up with John outside the UCF football stadium on a, on a bench, and um, I just shared my heart, and, and he prayed for me. And he pointed me to truth, and he pointed me to Jesus, and he told me to stop taking my eyes and putting them on other people and comparing myself, but to put them on Jesus, and to, to know that I really was growing, and that um, he saw it, and that he recognized it, and, and I just wanted to encourage you guys this morning, like wherever you're at, to, that we need each other, and we need to call this out on one another, and so just to be people who come alongside one another, as Paul did in Philippians, and this verse is so encouraging for me, and I hope it encourages you guys, because it's not up to us, 
This is Philippians 1, 6. For I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And that is our hope, um, not in ourselves, but in him. And so I encourage you guys to share that verse with each other often, um, as John did to me. And so um, with that, let's get started with a short recap. And so we've been going through the relational resolves as a church. And so Heath shared week one on grace. Um, God's grace is undeserved, but freely given. It both covers and empowers us. This grace we freely receive gives us what we need to forgive and show grace to others. And last week we heard from Eric on hunger. This is our desperation and our desire for God. God's, God's grace allows us to hunger after him and grow in the life of the church. And so as we're people of grace, we're people of hunger, um, we receive this grace for ourselves and we're able to show that to one another. When we're all hungering after him, um, we get to grow in the body. And so we're midway through our series on the relational resolves and hope you've all been able to grow in these two um, over the last week. And our, our heart behind these resolves and why we're talking about them over these five weeks and why we're going through them is so we can ultimately grow in our love for God and grow in our love for one another. Um, and for me personally, I've grown um, just even in last week. We, we had about three weeks, I guess, that we didn't have life group and I really missed um, my life group. And so this past week, we just got to pray together, share testimonies with one another and open up Ephesians 2, read it and just share how, you know, I don't feel like I, I am living this out, but come alongside me and pray for me. And so we got to go through that as a life group. And I was super encouraged just to hear where other people were at and receive that prayer and then be able to come alongside one another. Um, and that's what this body is. It's about people coming alongside, pointing each other to Jesus. Um, and I truly do love, like I said, you guys here, um, you've become family. And those I don't know as well, I'm excited to get to know you. Um, you do encourage me. You challenge me by hearing your testimonies, what God's doing in your life, and you spur me on. Um, I'm humbled to be up here this morning, honestly, sharing this message with, with you guys. And so that brings us to today's message on humility. And so um, just an, a brief overview. We've got four points this morning. And so um, the first is what is humility? Um, the second, the dangers of pride. The third, Jesus and his life of humility. It's the only way we're going to live it out. And then how do we live a life of humility? And so with that, let's get started. So what is humility? Um, I've been personally encouraged as I've been looking at this um, topic, looking at this throughout the past week, um, through the Bible, through other people who've gone before me. Um, and I've just recognized a lot of areas in my life where um, I'm proud and I look at myself way too often um, more than I look at God. Um, but it's also been extremely encouraging to look at Jesus and those who've gone before me. And so I um, just want to read a couple quotes um, before we get started. And so this one's from John in his book, Enduring Faith. It says, humility is the defining mark of the follower of Jesus and then John Piper says, humility is the soil in which everything in the Christian life grows. And Andrew Murray says, it's the first duty and the highest virtue. Um, and my prayer, my hope this morning for myself and for everyone is that we exalt Jesus in our daily lives and become humble sons and daughters. Um, that we trust him, run to him, and abide in him every single day. Um, and it's with truly humble hearts that we are able to love God and love each other. Um, the way he intended us to. Um, and that's how we want to be known, 
whether it's new visitors, whether you come here through those doors the first time or people meet us out in the city, we want to be marked as people of humility when people see us throughout the, the city and in our workplaces and at the grocery store and just our family members if we go back home. We want to be marked as people of humility, um, and that's our desire. And so what do we mean by humility? Um, there's many things we can talk about, many things we say, but this morning we're going to focus on um, humility is entire dependence on God and it's lowliness and meekness. So entire dependence on God, what do we mean? Isaiah forty twenty eight. Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. Um, it's clear from scriptures, it's clear from creation that we are the creature and he is the creator. Um, so why do we mix these up so often? Um, it's, this can easily creep into our daily lives, especially as a church, as we're growing in knowledge, as we're getting older, as we're getting married, having um, jobs and better jobs. And it's all exciting stuff and it's good stuff. Um, but I encourage you to ask the question, whose kingdom am I building? Mine or his? Is everything I do each day truly for him or is it for myself? Um, we can start getting into routines and thinking the thought, the subtle thought, I've got this. And I know for me, um, or a lot of people in my life group know, I've been, I went through a harder season the last two and a half years and um, definitely thought these thoughts of I've got this. And um, I work as an engineer in Oviedo. Um, from a young age, I wanted to be an engineer. I, I loved math and science. And so um, it was just what I wanted to do. Um, this was before coming to know the Lord, and um, I went through school. Everything kind of worked out. I got an internship my junior year, and um, they hired me on right after I graduated. And so I really did feel in my heart that I wanted to be there, and God had me there for a purpose. Um, like I said, jobs are good, and he wants to give us those, but are we doing them for him? Um, and just in a progression of, of being in the engineering profession, um, the, a lot of people take the professional engineer exam and get licensed in the state to be able to sign and seal documents. And so um, this is something that I felt like the Lord called me to. Um, and so I started in 2020. I started to study, um, study hard. Um, I was studying with Cole, another elder in the church, and um, it was a hard season. I ended up taking the test. I did not pass. Um, and I just realized a lot of areas in my life where I just depended and trusted on my own my own thoughts, my own ways, and um, I left God out of it, and it was a hard season, and I ended up studying again, um, feeling like I was trusting the Lord even more, um, failing it again, and so uh, God was definitely taking me through a humbling season of not depending on myself, not trusting in what's happened before, but to truly depend on him, um, and so I decided I took a break, and I was like, God, what are you doing through this? Um, and just got around the people of God, and they encouraged me and, and spurred me on, and I just trusted that he was doing something and that he was going to keep me in it if it was for his purpose. And so went through another season of studying, and it was hard, and my wife was amazing, um, and you guys were amazing. And I truly did feel that verse when people say to weep with those who weep and to rejoice with those who rejoice. And you guys wept with me, but then um, finally the third time um, I passed. And um, God definitely rejoiced, like put you guys around me to rejoice, but weep with me too. And um, it was a humbling season because I depended on myself. I said I got this. 
God showed me that I did not and that he had to take the rightful place in my life. And um, I'm thankful for what he took me through and I'm thankful for where I'm at now. Not because I passed, um, because of what he really did in and through me um, and just showing me that the body loved me, cared about me, um, and that he was, was worth it to trust in through and through. And so I encourage you guys to do that as well. And um, we can all get to that place of saying, I've got this. And I just encourage you, even that subtle thought, to bring it to him. Um, and he may have to take you through a humbling season. It may not work out to where you pass or you succeed or you, you get that thing you're desiring for. Um, but what, what matters is if you're depending on him, if you're trusting um, in him. And a great way to combat building your own kingdom is by remaining in a posture of thankfulness. Um, don't neglect a heart of thankfulness. I know we pray for it often in life groups, but thank him for where he has you today. Um, thank him for your life, for rescuing you um, when you couldn't rescue yourself for the little things in your life, if you truly believe everything you have has been given to, to you by him, um, then you can be genuinely thankful for it. Um, James 1.17 says, Every good thing and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. And John 3.27 says, John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. And there's many more, but it's it's just so true that God has provided us everything from life to salvation to a place to stay, to a place to live, for food, every the seat you're sitting in. He is sure and he can you can trust him. Um, so that brings us to the next point of lowliness and meekness. Lowliness is selflessness. It's looking more to the goods and needs of others before yourself and coming under others by serving them. Philippians 2, 3-4 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Um, it's not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Um, and to, in order to be selfless people, we have to trust and depend on him. And true lowliness starts in the mind and in the heart. Um, sometimes we can outwardly show humility by our actions, but really deep down in our hearts we're selfish and we have selfish desires. Um, are we serving those in church, in our homes, or in the workplace just to be noticed? Or are we genuinely wanting to meet their needs? And again, it goes back to your heart behind it. And God is the one who knows your heart. Sometimes other and they can't see what you're actually doing, but God knows what's going on. And John said this in his book, Truly humble people do not seek honor or recognition. Um, it's going to come one day where we will have that. Um, but to, to encourage you guys to serve selflessly in this church, in your homes, and with one another. And then meekness is strength under control. Proverbs 16.32 says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. Truly humble followers of Jesus have a strength that only God supplies. This is key in talking about meekness because it's not a personality trait. I think some of us can look to the right or to the left and see maybe someone who's a little bit louder um, and be like, man, that person's full of pride. And you can see someone who's a little more quiet in the back and like, man, that's the most humble person I've ever met. 
But deep down, the, the person in the back who's quiet it has pride in their heart, and the person up front who's really loud is behind the scenes in the morning, every morning, on their knees, asking for dependence from God. And so we can't look at each other and see personality traits and think there's humility or meekness. Um, but again, it goes back to the heart, and God knows that. Um, at the end of the day, it's about submitting to God with our whole hearts, trusting in him fully to produce this meekness in us. And so now that we've gone through a little bit looking at humility, let's look at what hinders our lives um, and us as believers from walking in it. And so our second point is the dangers of pride. So pride should have no place in the believer, but it creeps up so easily in all of our lives. We must run from it and repent of it at all costs. Just as humility is the soil in which everything in the Christian life grows, pride is the soil in which everything dies. Pride is when we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, Romans 12.3. Pride always looks for an opportunity to be seen and noticed. And two key dangers of pride in which we'll keep on today is pride hinders our relationships with one another. And second, pride damages our relationships with God. So pride hinders our relationships with one another. It causes us to be envious. It always is self-seeking. And when others succeed, pride can cause us to be jealous and insecure about it. Pride tells us to rejoice in others' failures because um, when they don't succeed, it makes us feel good about our own. Um, And James 3, 14 through 16 says, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This is wisdom. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. From where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil evil thing. Pride causes us to be selfish. When we're preoccupied with ourselves, our time becomes limited. We're impatient. We're harsh. We're quick-tempered. This hurts our relationships with one another. Um, And I know there's a lot of dads in the room, but I've never seen my pride come out more than um, when I became a father. And so I know my kids are still really young, and I don't know, maybe you guys can tell me, maybe it gets easier as they get older. I don't think it does. I think it gets harder. Um, But I struggle with this daily. I had a long day at work. I come home. I think I deserve something, and my pride comes out, and I lash out or I rush through bedtime routines. Uh, I skip pages in books often. Um, We all know you've done it too. But there's a place we have to go back to that place of its selflessness. It's not being selfish. It's looking at our children. It's looking at those around us um, and saying, your life's more important than mine. What you're going through is more important than what I'm going through. It's, It's hard. It's difficult. But that's true selflessness and that's true humility. And our pride gets in the way every single day. Um, But there's hope, and we'll talk about that later. So pride damages our relationship with God. Pride's been the root of sin since the garden. I'm just going to read Genesis 3, 4 through 6. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. And this is what separated us us in the garden from God. And so God hates pride and our intimacy with him suffers from it every single day. James 4, 6, and 7 
He gives great, greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Proverbs 16.5, everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not be unpunished. And then Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, there's six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that rush rapid, run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. And at the top of this list, all these things that are an abomination to him, um, God lists as pride. It's haughty eyes, it's thinking highly of yourselves, it's putting yourself in a higher place than others. Um, he says he's opposed to the proud, and everyone who is proud in heart, to see that it's proud in heart, is an abomination to him. But thanks be to God that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, 1 John 2, 1. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 57, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Our hope is in Jesus alone. There's no other way to get out of this pride um, than looking at him. And so if you've never given your life to Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Um, we are set free once and for all by the, by the power of sin and death once we trust in him. But it's a continual walk. Um, we're set free once and for all, but it's the daily struggles of, of pride that we need to continually abide in him and trust in him and run to him. Um, you cannot walk out of pride by looking at or trusting in yourself It's by daily abiding in him that we die to our pride and live for him. God sent Jesus to rescue those who admit their brokenness and recognize they need a savior. So let us be the humble tax collector and not the prideful Pharisee in Luke 18. So I'll read that 10 through 14. Two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. And that's the gospel. We are weak. We are broken. um, We are sinners in need of grace, in need of saving. And if you run to him today and every day after that, you will be saved. And it's a continual just we want to know that we are part of him. We are with him. And it's abiding in him. Um, And that leads us to our third point of looking to Jesus um, and his life of humility. There's no other way other than looking at him and how he displayed it perfectly. So we are weak, broken people, like I've said. And true humility is admitting this weakness and turning to Jesus. The grace that covers us and empowers us is found in him. Philippians 2, 5 through 11, if you guys want to turn to that. Verse 5 says... Have this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, 
but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus laid his life down willingly um, in humble submission to the Father. From his birth to the tomb to his resurrection, um, his entire life, he displayed perfect humility. At his birth, he emptied himself. He was fully God and fully man, but he set aside his privileges, heavenly glory, independent authority, divine prerogatives, eternal riches, and a favorable relationship with God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. Through his life, he served us. Matthew 20.25-28 But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life life as a ransom for many. And this is why he came. He came to serve, he came to live, and he came to die for us who would put our hope in him. He humbly served to the very end. And by his death and by his resurrection, he saved us. 1 Peter 2, 21 through 25. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd, the guardian of your souls. For by his wounds you were healed. The humility of Jesus is throughout the pages of the scriptures, from start to finish. It's impossible to miss. Um, let's be known as a church who exalts Jesus in his life alone, and that's what humility is. It's exalting him in your life above every single thought, every single action, everything that you think, throw it at the feet of Jesus and exalt him. And so um, we're going to transition, and the band can come up um, as we close. And um, just want to leave you guys with some practicals on how do we leave here and live a truly humble life? Um, And so the first point, prayer and intimacy with God. The second, we we invite others into our lives. And then third, we serve. So prayer and intimacy with God. um, We put this number one. We have to ask the Lord to examine our hearts and our motives. Psalm 139, 23 through 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. We have to ask the Lord to examine our hearts every single day. We have to trust in him, in his word, in the life of Christ. 
Romans 12.2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We have to pray for humility every single day. Ask God for a low and meek spirit. Psalm 25.8-9 says, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice, and he teaches the humble his way. He's the perfect teacher. He's the perfect shepherd. Um, He's everything in our entire lives, and we need to trust him. Secondly, we need to invite other people into our lives. Um, Just want to call to a re-up in discipleship in our church. Um, I know sometimes it can get hard. It can get... um, you know, when we have to share things, what's going on in our life, share the pride that we're dealing with in our own lives. It can be difficult to share with others. But the people in this room really do love you and really do care about you growing to know the Lord and walking out on what he has for you. And so um, just same way like John and Hunter and, you know, many men in my life have poured into me over the years. I could not do it on my own. Um, and I could not do it without the grace of God through his body. And so um, we can't neglect this, this weekly meeting up, challenging and praying for one another, um, to confess often, to have grace for one another like we've been talking about. Um, let's really live this stuff out. Let's not just talk about it. Let's live it out like it says in James. And then secondly, ask the question, am I clothed with humility? Ask your loved ones, those who know you the best. Ask your roommates, those you may frustrate often. Um, ask your family members, Um, Ask everyone around you in your life, am I clothed with humility? And have grace to receive the feedback. If if someone asks you the question, have grace to give the feedback. Um, But we want to be people who do that well. And lastly, we serve. 1 Peter 4.10 As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And then John 15.12-13 This is my commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. And this is what Jesus has done for all of us. And I encourage all you guys to do it in a humble heart with one another. And when we don't, we receive grace, we walk in forgiveness, we repent, and we live it out. And so um, as we close today, I invite you guys to receive prayer. Um, to confess any area of your life that you see pride, or even ask someone or next to you, am I clothed with humility? Those who know you well, um, and to receive prayer for it and walk it out. And so as we close, I just want to read one last um, quote from Andrew Murray. It says, humility is perfect quietness of heart. It is to expect nothing, to wonder at nothing that is done to me, to feel nothing done against me, it is to rest, is to be at rest when nobody praises me and when I am blamed or despised. It is to have a blessed home in the Lord where I go, where I can go in and shut the door and kneel to my father in secret and am at peace as in a deep sea of calmness when all around and above is trouble. And humility is um, humility of the heart and only God can see it. And so as we continue to worship, as we Worship God and pray for one another. Um, Let's live this out. And so I'll pray for us, and you guys can stand, and we'll do that. So, yeah, Father, we thank you for your heart for us. We thank you for your perfect humility, Jesus. We thank you that you came, you lived, you served, 
you died, you resurrected, and you're seated in glory. And that is the hope. That is where we lean on and trust in. So allow us to walk this out, God, by your grace, by the love of the body, by each and every single person dying to themselves and living for you every single day. Give us your grace. We need it, God, every moment of our lives. Would you maintain it the same way that you started it? And God, would we trust you fully? Thank you for loving us and giving us your heart and your life. In Jesus' name, amen.